Greetings and welcome to our weekly uh, educational rounds here at Seclair, where every uh, Monday we attempt to provide uh, a little bit of a topic that everyone can perhaps use in their life. And today, uh, my name is Jim Ellermeyer, and I'm a behavioral health therapist here at Seclair. And today I'm joined by my colleagues, and on my left would be... I'm Ann Sommerfeld, and I'm a PA student with the University of Mount Union. And on my right... I'm Karen Krakovich. I'm a PA student at Seon Hill University. And I thank everyone for joining us today. And it's our intention to provide some type of... Uh, a useful message that you can carry on into your life and of course we always uh, insist on having a little bit of humor here do we not Ann? Oh yeah. Yes ab time. absolutely so here at Seclair we absolutely insist on uh, laughter because laughter is the language of recovery it most certainly is so today we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the enhancements that we can offer to people's lives uh, when people usually present they come in for anxiety they come in for depression they come in for some type of a thing that's causing some some uh, dysfunction and some disruption in their life and rather than paint that person into a box and uh, use some type of uh, fancy diagnosis or reach into our big bag of uh, intellectual interventions quite often what we do here at Seclair and Seclair is a holistic uh, integrative psychiatric facility where we look at the mind body and spirit of an individual we look at everything that's going on in their life everything that's going on in their environment and quite often uh, we've often found that uh, chemicals and pills are wonderful things and when they're needed they're needed um, however they can provide a base and a platform on which to grow from a bridge to get from here to there and quite often here at Seclair uh, we try to eventually if not eliminate uh, replace pills with skills and one of the skills that we're going to talk about today is uh, animal and pet therapy and as many people individuals uh, present here with depression and or anxiety um, one of the things that we often in fact we're training a therapy dog here at Sakare her name is Kaya and perhaps we'll have her on uh, soon one day so tell me uh, tell me what you uh, if you know anything about pet therapy Miss Karen so pet therapy is starting to be a new way to deal with depression, anxiety, autism, and some childhood disorders like ADHD. Um, really the goal of it is to improve people's social, emotional, and cognitive fun functioning. Um, also therapists who have um, therapy pets are seen as less threatening and people are kind of easier um, at relating to their therapists when they have pets around. Absolutely, and you've been uh, you've sat in with me a, a number of times now, Karen. Mm -hmm. uh, would you rather deal with a nice little puppy dog, or would you rather deal with Big Bad Me? <laughs> well, I do like puppy dogs. <laughs> <laughs> great, great, great. And um, a few weeks ago, we presented a uh, podcast in on uh, equine therapy, equine okay. equine assisted therapy. Mm -hmm. In fact, our uh, physician's assistant here. Uh, is uh, Sasha mm -hmm. Alexander Zelesnik is is involved in uh, equine therapy. So it's going to it'd be awfully difficult to bring a horse in here. Do you think? Yeah, it'd probably be hard to get through the door. Yes, and... yes, yes. Or or in your house. Or have you ever been to an assisted living home or a nursing home? In mm -hmm. okay, and. What do you sense there when when you're with some of the folks there? What do they what do they desperately want? What do I they... mean, they kind of want companionship. I think um, even just social interaction would sure. be important for them. Sure, absolutely. And uh, in your world, what have you found out about about pet therapy? Some of the uses that it's for. 
Um, one of the things that a lot of the research that I found was actually using like dogs, cats um, in like dementia patients um, because it kind of gives them, like I stated before, that social interaction. It gives them um, something to care for, um, relaxing, and it can calm their agitation behaviors as well. Um, so I saw a lot of research going into using that in dementia patients. Well, sure. And uh, some people, Karen, begin to feel unattached or that they have no purpose mm -hmm. in their life. And certainly caring for a pet or an animal can certainly give, give one's purpose. Mm -hmm. As you, well as companionship. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's much scientific uh, research that goes on uh, regarding the efficacy of, of pet and animal care as it's been shown that simply stroking or, or petting a dog or a cat uh, can lower blood pressure mm -hmm. and lower heart rate, lower respiration, uh, calm people. And you particularly mentioned, Dan, uh, folks with, with dementia. Mm -hmm. And sometimes folks with dementia can get a little, get a bit agitated mm -hmm. uh, and get a little bit angry or, or act out. And this may be one of the ways that they can, they can certainly, they can certainly do that. Mm -hmm. Do you have an animal? I have two kittens. You have two kittens. Yeah. Tell us about your two kittens. What What are their names? Um, Gus and Ellie, and I also call them White Cat and Black Cat. To okay. Make it a little bit easier. <laughs> yes. Um, but I just love going home and seeing them. They always run and meet me at the door, and um, they sleep with me at night, so they're always there, and they'll follow me around. So it's nice to have someone always follow me around and when I cook in the kitchen they're always there meowing trying to see what I'm doing mm -hmm. um, so it's just nice to always have kind of even though it's an animal someone there to spend my day with and as uh, both of you know here at Seclair our practice is centered around mindfulness and what is what a, what is more mindful than, than a cat um, what is it what do cats do when they're when they're happy what do they do what they, kind of sounds they, they purr they purr that's right. And do you think that the cat is worried about the mouse that got away yesterday? No, probably not. Do you think the it. Do you think the cat is worried about the mouse that's tomorrow? No. No, no, absolutely. So, and again, as we often ask here at Seclair, I'm going to ask you both, what time is it? Right now. Do you think uh, Do you think cats know what time it is? No. Do you think Do you think they're in the now? I think they're in and out. Absolutely. So they purr, they take care of themselves, and they're they're absolutely living in the moment. They're like what I call living outside, outside the lines. And uh, we were dealing with uh, an individual the other day, and and this individual talked about uh, the intensity of life, the intensity, you're experiencing the intensity of reality. So. We can't overestimate the value of tactile stimulation, Karen. Mm -hmm. Tactile stimulation. Words can only do so much. And it's very difficult to think our way into behavioral change, to think our way into, into a better way of living. So everyone can out there can ask themselves. And everyone knows that, uh, of course, that I'm in long-term recovery. And uh, when I used to go, and of course, I still attend, when I first attended my 12-step meetings, there would be these signs on the table that would say, think, think, think. And Karen and I would look at those and say, that's how I got here. Mm -hmm. So the idea is it's we, we act our way into, into other behaviors. We act our way into thinking right. So could you think of a, little, a few ways that uh, having an animal around could help you with some type of behavioral change? Um, I think even just touching them, petting them, having um, that companionship, someone, something to touch and feel is 
something that kind of relates you to other people, can help you interact with other people as well, um, having just that contact with someone or something. Absolutely, mm -hmm. for sure. And when a person is suffering from depression, and they, they really don't feel like getting off the couch. That's exactly right. And they maybe they don't even want to come out of their room. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't want to interact with anybody. They don't want to talk with anybody. However, uh, does an animal need to be fed? Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The dogs need to be walked? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So having these animals around can give someone a sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. And uh, Karen, as you know, here at Seclair, we try to build on small achievable goals. Mm -hmm. taking, taking a dog for a walk. Perhaps a person who's a little bit hesitant about going outside by themselves may do so with with their friend with them mm -hmm. with yeah. their friend with them do you have any animals Ann? I have a cat you have a cat mm -hmm. what's your cat's name her name is Oreo Oreo and an Oreo would be she's black and white she's black and white <laughs> how about that she's a mixture of my yes. how about that wow that might uh, your cats might see her and go completely bonkers, huh? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So tell me, tell us about Oreo. Well, I have a little bit of a different relationship with my cat than Karen does with hers. She's really, really nice and sweet to everybody else, but to me, all she wants to do is play with me. She'll bite me. She'll hit me. I mean, it's it's totally playful, but it's not that same cuddly relationship, but I like it. I mean, I've had her since I was really little, so mm -hmm. she's always kind of wanted to be very playful with me, and I enjoy it. Uh-huh. Well, wonderful. So, do you ever feel that you're alone when your cat's there? No. How about you, Karen? Do you ever feel alone when your cats are at home with you? No. I love having them there. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. And one of the... One of the hallmarks of depression is loneliness. Mm -hmm. And people in depression can know loneliness like no other. And it's very it's very difficult to ignore an animal that's nuzzling you or licking you. Right. And and can can your cat tell when you're sad? Yeah, she can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about how about your animals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dogs are dogs are especially empathetic mm -hmm. with, with people. When when you're hurt or when you're sad or when you're crying, what does a dog do? Dog will usually come up and lick you or kind of stand right next to you and nudge you, you know. Mm -hmm. So so absolutely. Um, so in closing, uh, Karen, what uh, what else do you have to tell us about? Uh... Um, I just looked up a little bit about the different kinds of animals that people use. Um, cats are a big one as well as dogs. Dogs, um, if they're specifically being used for therapy, then they're trained to provide a kind of an affection and comfort and um, have a certain personality. Golden retrievers are actually one of the big ones that are seen to be very affectionate and have a very calm demeanor that can help with anxiety and depression and things like that. Um, I also read a little bit about the equine therapy, which is horse therapy as well as they have dolphin therapy, um, which can be used as well. Um, also, I found a study that was done in 1998. This is a little bit more technical, but it was done in a psych ward, and it, was, it found that patients with psychotic disorders um, who participated in animal therapy had twice the reduction in anxiety scores compared to those who just in involved in a recreational activity. Um, so I think that does speak volumes about how animal therapy really can help. Well, certainly. And anything, uh, anything in closing, Ann? 
Um, I mean, just like Karen was saying, I was kind of looking into more studies um, dealing with dementia, but there was, you know, a few that were dealing with schizophrenic patients as well, and they found that the cat and dog therapy um, improved their overall symptoms, um, and they were able to engage in more social interactions as well, so it really does have a profound effect. Well, quite often with schizophrenic individuals, what uh, we attempt to do is do reality checks, mm -hmm. okay? And there's not much more of a reality than a dog nuzzling against you and licking your mm -hmm. face. And that, that can certainly bring it up. So I can't overemphasize uh, the importance and the importance of alternative type of uh, th therapies. Offer what type of enhancements can you have to your life? And I'm going to ask uh, Miss Karen to take us out today. So to continue the conversation, please like us on Facebook, plus us on Google+, or follow us on Twitter under St. Clair Life, and keep an eye on any of these for our next live recording Mondays around noon to ask your own questions. You can also find this and other green rounds on youtube.com slash video and find audio versions on iTunes, Stitcher, Speaker, and iHeartRadio. And please visit www.stclair.com more about us and other articles on our great blog and also i wanted to throw in that on please save the date on may the first of this year uh is going to be sponsoring a brain health and wellness conference at the chestnut ridge in blairsville where we'll be having a number of experts speak on health and wellness and particularly uh, related to to brain health and as usual we're going to leave with a free prescription. You're going to be writing prescriptions someday. Mm -hmm. Will you not? Why, we're going to write a free one today. And that would be fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Perhaps unplug your TV and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we invite you to fish without bait. No expectations. So until the next time, your commitment to yourself and your assignment is to be good to yourself. Until then. <laughs>